Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you again for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. John, I got some bad news. <laughs> and and I mean, it's bad news. I think news. I know what your bad news is. The For, I believe, the first time at Baxter, the Pemrose Cup will not be awarded. <laughs> I don't think this is the first time at Baxter, is it? I don't know. That's something that I don't even. Know I, the this first is place this I know, but I know the last couple of years in a row, it's been it's been last given out because a team that we've played at home ends up winning the cup, and it's like last season it was during the Blizzard series. It was that Saint Cloud Blizzard. State won the Penrose Cup, and I was trying to get a picture because a lot of Saint Cloud people follow us on Twitter, and we follow them, mm-hmm. and I thought they'd enjoy having a picture, and then the Baxter Arena usher tried to shoo us out quickly because. Apparently there was snow on the ground and they just wanted us to leave. So that was, that was not, we weren't going anywhere fast at that point, but you know, <laughs> all right, fine. So yeah, no, I can't remember. I don't know if we had another presentation. It, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't. It was North Dakota the year before, wasn't it? Oh, did they get it there? They I mentioned don't... on the broadcast when I watched the North Dakota game that. <sighs> that there was one at Baxter Arena. That, well, that it was the like the fifth time in seven years or something like that, that they'd won okay. it. Yeah, and I so. guess it depends on in the season, you know, because obviously you can clinch that before the season is over. So it could happen right. kind of at any time. In this case, you know, they clinched it and they still have a series to come right. down here and play. So. Well, I'm sure all of the busy bees on the internet will uh, look that up and find out the exact number of times another team has won either the Penrose Cup or whatever, you know, the conference cups were. The, right. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, I have no idea. I'm just, I'm just glad prior we Prior to NCAA. I'm just, season. I'm just glad we don't have to watch it next weekend. Let's, let's that look was, at that as a real positive. The same. After after the debacle in Miami that we are going to talk about, I figured that was a better place to start than yeah on the, an unfortunate on the series in side, Miami that we didn't score a single goal. Yeah, we got blanked for the entire weekend. Oh man, and it, you know, I feel a little better because this happens. I mean, it, right? It happened to my kids' team this weekend. You know, you sure you played a great game. You had a ton of chances. You just came up against a hot goaltender. I wouldn't even say that for UNO. Like, no. we top to bottom, I'm struggling to find anything good to say. And I don't, like, we've talked about this, just you and I, about the vision of the podcast and kind of what we want to do. And, and we didn't want to be negative. And we always said, you know, we're not here to call out specific players or, um, you know, make generalized comments about, about anything, you know, we try to stay fairly positive with our outlook as fans of the Omaha Mavericks. We try to keep an even keel for sure. This was this was probably even with everything last season, this is probably the two worst games I've had. Like this was a team this wasn't, you know, North Dakota last year. This wasn't Denver, you know, this wasn't like this perennial powerhouse team that we struggled against. This was Miami. And we talked about, for me, top to bottom, with the exception of maybe one period, it looked like the worst team on ice. You know, what's interesting about this is that going into the season, 
you're looking at the schedule and last season we only won nine games and you go into this season and we have four games against Miami. You figure that if we're going to get wins this season, you know, There's some of them will come against Miami. Two or three, right? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't we, win a game against nope. Miami this season. We tied a game and then we lost the tie. Yep. And that was back in November. I mean, I, I don't... 12 possible points and we came away with one. I, so, I have made this comment before. On this podcast, mm-hmm. and to you, and to Bridget, and to other fans on online and on social media. When a team is kind of out of the conference points race, mm-hmm. and especially out of, I mean, you're always in the points race, but when you're out of the, you know, kind of contention for a home ice slot in the conference, and when you're not, you know high enough in the pairwise rankings to realistically do anything in your sub 500 team. You know, sometimes at this point in the season, it's difficult to be motivated. You know what I'm saying? In your mind, you start to rationalize things. Well, you know, we can't get home ice. So if we have to go on the road, does it really matter where we go and play on the road? Because at the end of the day, if we want to do anything, after the first round of the conference playoffs. Anyway, we're going to have to beat good teams in the conference finals in St. Paul in order to get to the NCAA tournament. So, you know, let's just let's just kind of, you know, phone it in and yeah, players, especially seniors, I mean, start thinking about, you know, what's next instead of what's now and are they going to show up here? Are they going to be are we going to see them in playing for, you know, the Albuquerque squid worms of the yeah, ECHL I mean, here at some point down the road, you know, yeah, it's that, that all comes into play. So there's but, part of me that wonders if that's happening. Now you look at the other side of the ice this weekend and you have Miami, mm-hmm. a team which truly has nothing to play for this season. Then they've had a string of just bad seasons. And the fact of the matter is they come out, they win their first game. At their home arena since last November. That, you know, is crazy. Not only do they win one game, they win two games, and they shut out UNO doing it. Right. And UNO on paper and in actuality is a should be a stronger team than Miami. And those two teams that are below us in the conference standing should be teams that we compete against and match up against very, very well. Now, I understand that we lost Taylor Ward. And I guess I would ask you this, Jason. Do you think losing Taylor Ward was a a big enough loss in the roster that it just completely threw the team, you know, upside down? Or do you think this was just, like I said, kind of a lack of motivation because there isn't, like, a lot of things to get excited to play for right at the moment? I think that losing Ward was a big hit. And I don't want to say anything that would diminish. You don't want to trivialize his contribution. That, no. he, right? is, he is an exceptional player, right. a special player on the team for sure. But, but if this team can't win without him, then I go back to I go back to uh, the same comment that I would make to respond to what you had just said, which is. 
where is your coach in that? Because if you've got a team that has nothing to play for, then your coach isn't giving them a reason. Like this what is, do you, this what is, are you doing okay, here? This, this is a, this is a tough one, okay? Because one of the knocks against Dean Blaze, you know, back in you know for right. a number of years, was that Dean Blaze's teams kind of faded in late February, early March. Now, if you know, it's easy to look at a schedule grid and say, look, we faded in early March. Dean Blaze apparently forgot how to coach <laughs> when March rolled around. Right. I don't. I don't think that that's true at all. I a lot of times it was a situation like this where we were out of home ice in the conference race, and our pairwise was either really really good that we knew we were going to make the NCAA tournament. That would have been the 2014-15 season. Or it was a situation where we were kind of out of it pairwise-wise. Right. And so it's just in your mind, and I, I don't think it's the coaches because I don't think the coaches are doing anything differently. I just think sometimes players in their minds start to rationalize things. Yeah, but as a coach, it's your. I feel like it's your job to recognize that and counteract that. Because... If your players are the type that can get into that mindset, then, you know, like everyone thinks of a coach in the sense of the X's and O's and the guy on the bench and what we see as a product of, of the game, right? Sure. But one of the things as a coach that I've learned is that the most important stuff a coach does are the things that you don't see. And that's one of the reasons actually why I've all been a fan of Gabnet since he was hired is that he talks about the things that are long-term. He talks about things that matter in the future right? as well as matter now. Having the right attitude, setting the right expectations, um, focusing you know, on the, and, and in many respects, focusing on today, right. Getting better each day, but focusing having, on that process, having a goal for the outcome, having sure. a long, like not just ignoring that there's something else out there, because if you, if you, if, if you ignore that there's something, you know, in your future, then it's easy to say, well, there's also nothing for me now. So who cares why I go through it? Right. Right. And that's when you start to get that attitude. And I thought our team last year fell into that a lot. Oh, they did. They, they almost from the get go last season, it was, it yeah. was, yeah. And so there's that leader and it, you know, I, I can't put everything on the coach. You know, I, I feel like a, a large part of that, if that, if that is the problem, you know, obviously I need to asterisk this with, I don't know what the, no one knows what the issue is because if anyone knew what the issue was, they'd fix it. So we're all speculating as to what's going on, but I feel like the majority of the weight is on the coach, but you also look at the team and saying, you've got seniors on these teams that need to bring these kids along and say, look, this is what we have to play. Like we, redefine what we're doing here because we went into this with a chance to have a favorable matchup. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Finish strong, have a favorable matchup. No question about it. Now, right now, because Western and Denver have kind of been, you know, him on flip flopping yeah. back and forth. It's like, well, where do we want to be? Do we want, <laughs> do we want to be fifth? 
do we want to be six? Which is more advantageous? I think they'd both be incredibly difficult. I tend to put a little bit more of this weekend's performance in particular on the players because I think this series could have gone better. But it, it kind of reminded me of last season where, you know, the other team scores the first goal and that was kind of it for the rest of the night. You know, it just, it felt like that. It felt like they were playing without passion. It felt like, I don't know, just it was this a very the, lackadaisical performance. This is the first time this season that it felt like last year. Right, Like, it, did. it felt like this team, and maybe it is the Taylor Ward thing. Maybe that was the, you know, oh, without him we can't win kind of feeling because it, I really felt last year when we talked about this, if you go back to to last season's podcast and stuff, we were like, this team just seems to like, they come out and they're playing well and then something, something bad doesn't go their way and they you fall know, apart. a bad penalty yeah. or a strange goal or something. And then they fall apart. Right. So right. maybe this is the first time that we really felt from an adverse, you know, from an, and from maybe, an adversity maybe, standpoint, exactly. that we were under the gun. Maybe not so much for these two games, because I think even without Taylor Ward, UNO has enough talent to beat Miami. I kind of wonder if it's the, well, Taylor's out. He's a terrific player. We need him. He makes things happen. He scores. Mm -hmm. And without him, we're not going to go anywhere in the postseason anyway. I mean, right. I, I wonder if I wonder if that mindset's getting into, or we're not going to go very far without him. So but, I wonder if they've almost, and, and I'm a little, like you, I'm right. a little bit concerned if that is the mindset that's set in. Because right. there are other talented players on this team. And I, I I, I mean, I would be very concerned if, you know, if Taylor is that big of a linchpin in this team's, you know, offensive success that he's kind of a motivating force, a motivating factor. Because we've seen other guys have terrific performances on lines that didn't yeah. involve Taylor Ward. So it's... Again, I think you it, have to get back to where... What does the future hold for these players in this team? And realize that whatever happens this season is a stepping stone or building block towards right. whatever that end goal is. I would say it is a little concerning, though, that in our last eight games, we have only won two. Right. We won the Saturday game against Western and then the Friday game against Colorado College. And... If you had told me that in those eight games where you're going to play Western, Duluth, Colorado College, and Miami, I would have looked at that and I would have been like, man, you've got Western at Baxter Arena, you've got Colorado College, and you've got Miami. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking we can win four games, mm -hmm. maybe five games. And all of a sudden, you know, we're... We're looking very, very mortal here at the end of the season. Now, you know, some people might be worried with North Dakota coming in, but North Dakota is one of those teams that everybody gets up to play regardless of where their place is in, in college hockey. So I'm assuming right. we'll play well. And and as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, they clinched the regular season conference championship. So, or at least a share or what I don't know. I'm I'm just throwing stuff out there. I think I think they clinched it. If they if they had the trophy presentation. They yeah. that at least that's what they announced. And okay. obviously with the presentation, I mean it, it sounded like they've locked it up. I mean statistically with the with the points, Minnesota Duluth could 
tie North Dakota. North Dakota must have the tiebreaker against Duluth. Yeah. Because Duluth could pick up. You're right. They they've could. got St. Cloud. They could pick up they six points. They could pick points, up six points. Which would put them at 53, which would tie them with North Dakota if North Dakota loses Wolfville, Omaha. So yeah, I they could tie in points. So I have no idea, but yeah, I'm yeah. yes. Jason and I are going with what he saw in the game. I, so. I'm going with they handed the trophy. I watched them hand the trophy to us. Okay, so, so I'm Jason like, watched yeah, them hand the trophy. I'm just so gun shy at this point in the season because. Oh, well, hemming and hawing and all that yeah, other stuff. Well, so, yeah, I don't If it's care. wrong, it's you might want to call the commission. <laughs> like, I paging, saw him. Paging Josh, out, Fenton, so. paging Josh Fenton. Josh Fenton was in Grand Forks last night. You jumped so, the gun, Fenton. So, they, they, you know, they don't have a lot to play for, but they're thinking about NCAA tournament and other stuff at this point. But, but the they also may be playing it safe. They may but, be thinking, we've got... We've got a tournament run to win the NCHC They might rest we might, some key players. in an NCHC. Or, or give, NCAA, give, a, give so. another goaltender an right. opportunity this weekend. Sure. We may not see a top goaltender. We, you know, the, the top-end talent, the top lines may not get 20 minutes of playing time. They might get cut down. I, In all honesty, as a coach, I probably would, like, I wouldn't bench him. I'd never, I hated that. Right. Like, uh, th- I just don't like coming in cold to something, right? You got to be careful. But, yeah, I mean, I'd put in, you know, the backup goaltender both nights. Sure. If I was coaching North Dakota, you'd see the backup goaltender both nights, barring something crazy. You might, and you might, you get... would see, you would see probably 12 to 16 minutes from the top two lines, and third and fourth line is going to get. They might get more time. Heavy playing, which is a, which is a great opportunity for you to kind of build your depth going into yeah. the postseason. So that that's a great opportunity for them. But here's the interesting thing: after we get sweep swept by Miami, you know, Miami is only four points behind us in the conference standings. So it right. is conceivable that they could end up in sixth place and we could end up in seventh, which right. means we're going to go play at Duluth. So that's and that's another team that well, we haven't had any success against. Western this can, can can catch Michigan. Or when Western can catch, no, I I know what you were saying there. Western can catch Denver. Yeah, right. Western can catch Denver. And honestly, St. Cloud's right in the mix too. And that could have been us. That right. could have been us a few weeks ago. That was us. We could have been in the conversation. Denver Denver will have home ice. They can't fall to fifth. But St. Cloud could be fourth. Western could be fifth. Western could be third. Yeah, I mean, St. Cloud's sitting there at 33 points right now. So here's the thing is, you know, you're looking at it going, okay, well, obviously Western has a ton to play for against Miami. Yeah. Denver always plays Caro College. It's in-state. It's and, and regardless of the record, CC and Denver series, they those... They're always tight. They're, They're always, always good tough. games. You know, I'm looking at the standings here. I think Denver can fall out of the top four standings. They're sitting at 37 points. Western Michigan's at 35. Oh, that's and right, St. Cloud's at 33. 39, yeah. I mean, St. Cloud points. State could have home yeah. ice when people had just kind of left them left for dead. Yeah. And that's, that's... So those teams, those three teams could finish in any order. In yeah. That and who knows who knows where. And you yeah. also have to look at it. Look at those teams. They They're yeah. all... 10 win conference teams. Right. They're doubled they're already double digits. Yeah. So there will be a team and I don't know. 
there will be a team that has to go on the road in their first conference tournament game with double-digit wins. Absolutely, which is tough to do in this conference on an annual basis. So that's what I'm saying. So we. <laughs> so it's hard to say who we get. It right? is. I mean, I don't think Miami will go into Western and sweep them or get four or five points against them. But who the hell knows? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't. I mean, they only need four because they have the tiebreaker against us. Yeah, is the tiebreaker head to head, or is this is this one of the funky the, things in the conference? The first tiebreaker is head to head. I didn't know if the first tiebreaker was head to head or if it was conference record. No, the first tiebreaker is head to head. Okay. I'm just. I. I you can tell I'm just totally uncertain about the conference race right now because we got ourselves kind of behind an ace ball, but. That's the thing. I mean, they they could they could conceivably do that. Right. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought we were going to drop to 7th a few weeks ago, but but here we are. Which goes back to your point of there's stuff to play for here. There is. Like there's a reason to do this and you know there's some value in being the spoiler. Being the team that comes in and just messes with someone's season, and screws up someone's plans, and why can't that be Omaha for a change? Why can't we come in and shock people, you know, and win some games? You know, maybe go on the road and win a tournament game. But yeah. you've got to you've got to start if you want to do that. If you want to be that team, you've got to start that now. You have to go into the series against North Dakota and prove that you're yeah. a force to be reckoned with. You do. You've got to. You've got to be playing good hockey going into the the conference tournament. I we've watched UNO teams over the years that struggled right at the end, and they're like, "Well, right. we're going to regroup." And and they they'll 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 come out and they'll look pretty strong in that first conference playoff game, but it usually doesn't hold the the whole weekend over the course of the best of three series but yeah um just to just i pulled up the nchc tiebreakers for my own edification and yes so if two or more teams are tied in the standings and all teams have played a balanced schedule against one another which we have against miami we played four games two at home and two there um the seeding for the nchc tournament shall be determined by the team with the best nchc regular season winning percentage among the games played against the other teams tied in the standings so yeah Which they they're would, only they're only one other team so yeah exactly I mean, they, so they, they would they for, would for those for those trying to listen would, and follow they, they would, do that because there's a possibility that you have three teams tied with the same number of points and so right. that's why they yeah. say it's a winning percentage in those because against teams and have, and have balanced numbers right. because and we do against my it would just be with us against Miami but the fact of the matter is if we get no points next weekend and they find a way to get four points right we're in seventh place and we're going to Duluth so Potentially we're going to Duluth, but, right? Yeah. And, but there you go. One win and we're done. We know where we sit, right? Yep. What You get one win and you know you're sixth. Yep. And then it's just a question of what happens in all these other games that you can't control to figure out where you're going. Right. I know. It's... it's ultimately, just, it comes down to you played terrible in Miami. You need to learn from the mistakes. Yeah. And you need to just 
refocus and get ready for North Dakota. Because well, he did. That he, was a terrible series, and they just need to get was. out of their head. And didn't it just didn't it feel to you like I mean weren't there moments watching that series where it's like well they've just given up the season's over it ended it ended last Saturday night against Colorado College and and that's it yeah there was a lot of times where I'm like they're just it, it's like they just didn't know what to do they were lost at times it was yeah it was just really and literally it was just a few weeks ago that we were. We were really excited about the fact that the last three weeks of the season, we, we get CC at home, Miami on the road, and we get uh, North Dakota to close out the regular season at Baxter Arena. And you're thinking, this looks really good right. for us, and now it's not looking so good. So, But it's like we said earlier this season, it's a young team, so we expect a lot of ups and downs. And right. So hopefully, you know, we've had some downs, and now we can bounce back. But, you know... We, I know Coach mentioned it, uh, Gabnet mentioned it in one of the press conferences, but when, when last weekend when Ward went down, said, you know, when you, when you lose a player like that, it's an opportunity and a time for the next guy up to step up. Yeah. And I look at Anaheim in the NHL and what's happened with them. They were in a position where they were, you know, pretty relegated to the fact that, you know, they weren't going to make the playoffs. They, you know, and I know it's a different beast in the NHL, but stick with me. Okay. And, you know, so they go to the trade deadline and, and they, you know, move some assets and stuff for some some future prospects. They're looking ahead. They're saying it's time to build from the ground up again. Right. You know, let's, let's move some things that are helping us now that we don't need. Because right. someone else is willing to pay for it because they need that help now. And you think, okay, they're going to be worse they right. sold off the things that were doing well. You expect, you know, you expect lower results. Yeah, you're just... And then these yeah. kids come in from the minor leagues, and you're going, stop it. Quit <laughs> quit trying so hard. <laughs> because, like, you're ruining our lottery pick. Uh, but that's what we need. Like, the Mavericks need... They need that player to come up and say, look, essentially saying, because Ward was Ward, I didn't get a chance to be with those players right. or on that line or get that yeah. much ice time or get that many puck touches or whatever the case may be. This is my chance to prove that I deserve to be on a top two line well, this because is, Ward yeah. is a top two for a top two line forward, top six forward. And so the question becomes of you bottom six forwards, which one of you thinks that you really should be in that role? This is one of the things Coach Gabinet mentioned last season a lot, was that there weren't guys on the roster to push the top guys on the roster, and that that was a problem, is that no one was playing from a... from a, uh, a, a They weren't motivated to play better because they had nobody pushing them down on the depth chart. And it's a, right. it's a significant problem. And, and I mean, we hope, you know, looking at next season and, and looking at some of the recruits. Now, we were at the dinner with the Mavs a couple weeks ago, and we saw the seniors. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you look at our roster and, and you look at, we don't have a lot of seniors on our team, but there are a lot of recruits listed as coming in for the 2020-2021 season. And right. again, I don't know if all of those guys are coming in, but it, it does beg the question, you know, are the seniors going to be the only players not returning next season or are, 
some of the other players going to be cut? I don't, I don't know. You know, you just don't know looking at some of the recruiting. Yeah, and I think from from their perspective, I mean, you always want to plan for what you can't plan for. You want, you never know who's going to jump early type of situation. So. Yeah, I mean, I this is not a team you and I particularly um, worry about that with. You know what I'm saying? It's so before we talk about incoming class. Okay. Is it possible to pick players of the weekend? No. I think we at least need to address this. I'm not gonna pick who are we, who are we gonna pick on the weekend? I'm I have Seville? I mean, is I is he the only Seville was on my list. And yeah. I say Seville only because you know I can't really fault him for that loss. He really didn't get a whole lot of help. Right. And so it's not that it, my problem is, is that everyone I think of is like, it's not because you played well. It's just because there were a lot of right. people on this team that played worse than you. So I have a hard time like saying good job to someone for not being the worst on the team. Right. I don't think it was Sullivan or I don't think it was Seville's fault. Um, you know, I think Sullivan played pretty well. I was glad to see him in because there were rumors that he wasn't going to play. Right. But he's been a he's been a bright spot all season. So Yeah, I mean I I just nothing was working. Like power play didn't work. I don't, penalty kill was lost. I don't think at I can times. do a I don't think I can do a player for the weekend. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's hard. You get but, blanked by my I mean, here's the thing. If you've gotten, you know, shut out in two games up at Duluth, that's one thing. Right. Or at Denver even, that's one thing. But at Miami Again. The playing, like, it's not so much that we lost. It's not so much that we couldn't score a goal. It's like, I just didn't see anything on that team in either game that I can look to and say, you know, you were you were trying, you were doing. I, I didn't see a, I didn't see a will to fight is yeah. what I didn't see. So, I yeah, don't know. I'm, I'm with you. We can't really pick. So. We're going to forego the uh, player of the uh, week segment. Amazing. For Amazing. One. For the first time this the season. season. Yeah. So back to incoming, you know, we're losing a few seniors. We've got six, some kids coming six in. Six seniors. And the seniors that we're losing, just to throw this out there, Timu Polkanen, Dean okay. Stewart, Tristan Keck, Ryan Jones, Jordan Clare, and Zach Jordan. Okay. So six guys... And if Elite Prospects is to be believed, we've got <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Three defensemen and seven forwards coming to next season. Now, I don't necessarily know that all those players will be coming in next season. But I get the sense a few of the guys like Tyler Rollwagon, Caden Bolson. Brock Bremer, Matt Miller, some of those guys will be coming in. It's hard to tell at this point. We'll learn, we'll know more after the end of the season. But again... So, needs from your, from a fan's perspective, from a guy who does a lot of research on these things, what do you think, what do you think the UNO team that we have now needs? And that could be a need of, we're losing this player and we need someone to fill that role. That's fine. But what do you feel like we need out of this next class? Need and is it coming from this class? 
Well, I think I think you need more kind of pure scorers on the team. I think you need guys who can put up points, put up assists, get the puck in the right place. That's what I think you need on this team. You know, if we're going to go with the assumption, and I'm not ready to go with the assumption that you know Taylor Ward out of the lineup, you know, kind of throws off your ability to put the puck on mm-hmm. net. And I understand that there were some goals on Friday night that, you know, clanged off a post, but but obviously that happens every game. That's what we need. We need some guys who can get the puck on net. And then I think, again, it goes back to, I mean, I think we need stronger defensive play out of this team. We've had some good t- good games this season, but ultimately we, we have lapses and there are moments when we give up what look to be, you know, easy kind of quick goals for our opponent and that's the that's the hard thing to tell at this point i yeah the hard thing is is even if they are you know a a point a game producer at whatever level they're at right now who's to say they can make the jump when they come into the nchc and have to play college hockey and you never know how they'll mesh with other players you don't always know what the composition of the roster that they're playing with looks like. Um, you know, they're obviously playing with a who's who of NCAA hockey recruits. So you just don't know. It's hard to tell. And and that's kind of where we're at. I mean, as I said before, Taylor Ward was one of Dean Blay's final recruits. It might have been his final recruit. Uh, his dad, Dixon Ward, played for Dean uh, back at uh, North Dakota and Taylor Ward was a statistical giant in the BCHL with the Pennington V's his final season. And so, you know, some of these guys have had good, solid seasons, but we haven't seen, you know, some of those kind of breakout players statistically when you're looking at the, the skaters on the offensive side of the ice. So that that's going to be... Like, so what I hear is from you, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> is you feel like we need... A goal scorer, pure goal scorer. Yeah. And that you don't feel like it comes in the 2020, 2021 class. Well, it's hard to, it's hard to tell at this point. I mean, you know, and some of these, some of these guys, you know, have had quite a bit of playing time. And so some of them look solid guys like Brock Bremer, Caden Bolson, and Tyler Rollwagon was a guy that when I wrote a profile of him last season that I was impressed with. So, I mean, I think that there's, you know, I think that there's something there. And I think these guys potentially can become that. But I don't see a guy, you know, I don't see, this isn't, it's not like, for example, like UNO's like 0405 or 0506 class where you saw a guy coming, guys coming in that were, you know, in the top 20 of the USHL in scoring. That's, that's one of the things right now that, you know, again, that doesn't always tell the whole story, but, um, you know what I'm saying? It's. Again, it's 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 a it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to say. Yeah. I... And I don't mean to sound, you know, purposely, you know, tepid here on the thing. And we'll know more once the season's over and the uh, junior league playoffs and all of that are done. We can, I'll, we'll definitely take a look, and we'll probably talk about it on a future podcast. But it's it's a it's a challenge at this point in time. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, I agree. I think that. Our defense has been average. 
right. a lot of the season. It's been suspect, for I sure. I think we need some role players back there, I think. I think we might get that from some of these guys. You know, guys that have good talent um, are good puck responsible. Sure. You know, they're they're not just going to give the puck away. We, we seem to do that a lot, try to force things, and turnovers have killed us at, in, in some of these games. Uh, Denver, in particular, you know. So, yeah, I could see us getting that. I agree that, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I mean, we need, I think we need it to amp the offense. We need more offense. Yeah. I don't know if it necessarily comes from a particular goal A scorer. lone player, yeah. I think that it comes from guys that can work well in Gabnet's system. Yeah. And, and guys that potentially mesh well right. on and, the and second and the third chemistry. line type players. Or yeah. We we need someone. I mean, someone has to, one of these guys coming in, in order for us to have success next season, one of, at least one of these forwards needs to come in and say, I am a top six forward as a freshman. Right. And if you can't, if we can't get that out of them, I think we're going to struggle. And so I look at it saying, well, who's you know likely to be that guy? I think it'd be like a guy like Brock Bremer, who you and I actually saw him when he played with Muskegon a, a couple right. of seasons ago. He's had a good, solid season. He's a small guy, but he was he was played on that team with Nolan Sullivan. See, and, and that's the thing. That's the the questions coming right. Like, all right, plus side to him, he's played with Sullivan. He's a he's quick, fast, well. scrappy little player. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. I think the negatives. Then you look at him and say he's small in the best league in, in com- the best conference in, in college hockey. Yep. And so yeah, he's been able to do it. Can he keep doing it? That's a question mark. Right. You know, some people will say yes, and some people will say no, and that's a matter of opinion based right. on on the information that you have. Um, and I'm not here to speculate on those things. I'm saying that. That's the question that, that sits in front of him. And the only person that answers that question is him. Because if he comes in here and says, yeah, I am that good and I'm going to show you, then you know, that's that's an optimistic sign for UNO in the future. Right. Um, Matt Miller, I hear a lot about him being a very responsible that's exactly, um, yeah. That's one of the things that we learned from uh, you know, in the research last season. He seemed like one of those responsible players. Right. He'd originally been a Michigan State recruit. Um, seemed like he'd be a really good guy coming and, in. Kind of like a maybe a Nolan Sullivan type of guy. That kind of a little bit more mature, yeah. kind of leader type of a player. One of one of the guys I talked to, you know, I was asking him, I'm like, well, what does he kind of compare to, you know, just back and forth with him? Uh, and he said, you know, if you look at the Mavs' current roster, he's very much a Kevin Conley kind of guy. Okay. Yeah, uh, I could see that. So you would expect him to learn the ropes, take a leadership position down the ra- down the road, but he's that stable guy where you kind of know what you're getting from him. You know, he he won't have very many off nights. Um, and that, that could be good. I mean, sometimes you don't need one 40-point guy. You need couple 20 pointers because you need guys that you can rely on on a regular basis 
so that other teams can't just key in on yep. this kid, this one, this one. Time. And obviously, Miller and Bremer are a little bit more mature. They're a little bit older than some of their counterparts uh, in the mm-hmm. USHL, and that makes a difference, too. I mean, you look at a, a younger player like Blaine Warnert, who uh, comes out of those Min- the Minnesota high school hockey ranks, and mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a guy who doesn't have high statistical numbers, <clears throat> but he looks like he's got the size that you and I are looking for, and... Yeah, six foot five. I mean, yeah, one hundred and ninety pounds. Yeah, absolutely. So he'll be a big boy. So that's one of the things I'll tell you that Gabinet has recruited the last couple seasons are big players, and so you know, again, it's it's kind of like the recruiting class that came in for this season. There are a lot of unknowns, and a lot of those guys performed very well right. this season for the Mavericks, but they weren't, you know, the kind of the superstar highly touted, you know, recruits coming in. They just, they came in and they chipped away and they fit in well and they've made a difference. And so that's what I'd say. Lots of unknowns coming in. And honestly, like I said, we don't know who's going to be coming in next season of these recruits list. And we're going by the, what elite prospects has on their side. I know there's going to be some variation on uh, the Heisenberg website and uh, some of the other, you know, recruiting websites. That's what you and I go with because their site's organized very, very well. And it's, easy to follow it really is so again i you know i don't know (laughs) after this weekend i feel like we need a lot of help you know a couple weeks ago i wouldn't have felt that way so it's just uh you know hopefully the team can get back on track but you know again i don't i don't know if you've looked at any of these other guys and have any other thoughts but uh you know i not really like the two that i've kind of keyed in on more than anything were, were bremer and miller right um just because I'd seen them on prospect lists and I knew guys that were scouting them. And so I could, you know, reach out and kind of say, Hey, what, what, what can you tell me that I'm not right. seeing because I don't get to see them as much as you do kind of thing. Um, the, uh, Vincent Narda is one I know almost nothing about. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if I wrote a profile of him or not. And again, we don't follow the the BCHL and AJHL and some mm-hmm. of those uh, Canadian leagues the way that we do the USHL and the North American Hockey League. But you know, again, I don't I don't know a lot about him either. I I recall them being pretty excited. And when he played in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League in the 2018-19 season, which was last season, you know, he had 17 goals and 22 assists. But this season, it's you know, it's 11 goals and 18 assists. So with two teams. So it hasn't been quite, quite as good in that league as it was in the other, you know, so it's just hard to tell from league to league and team to team, how things are going to go. So, yeah, I mean, they're, like you said, there are some of these guys that we've heard a lot about and there are some of these other guys that we just haven't, but I just, I remember Caden Bolson because he was, uh, he uh, was at UNO during one of the series last season and he was walking around the concourse uh, wearing a suit. And I noticed some fans were talking to him. So he's a guy, he played at Shattuck St. Mary's. So he's a guy who's been in the, the USHL for a while now. And I, uh, he's had, you know, this, this is his best season. So, you know, hopefully he's developing into the kind of player we need. And I believe he had been a Minnesota recruit. Mm. And then when all the turmoil happened with the coaching change and Bob Motzko replaced Don Lucia, Mm-hmm. You know, he ended up uh, kind of deciding to go a different yeah. direction. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's hard to know at this point, but yeah. I, I think we'll uh, 
we'll have to revisit this topic when we find out the uh, official roster this summer and see who's actually coming in and take a look at their stats holistically. So yeah, be a good podcast but, topic. Yeah, absolutely. But we need help. So <laughs> so speaking of help, what do we get when we face North Dakota here Friday, Saturday at Baxter Arena <laughs> Senior Weekend? I don't yeah, know how we perform I, on senior weekends, I'd, but I'd love to it's have a, a chance to say goodbye to the guys that have been here for years, been Mavs, you know, been around the community, helped out, and done great things here for the last four years. And so, boy, and you remember last weekend we were talking about how I, you know, we thought Miami might do well either Friday or Saturday mm-hmm. because it was senior weekend. It was most <laughs> they came out and swept us and blanked us on the weekend. So. I would love it if we had a similar weekend against North Dakota. I don't know that it's <laughs> going to happen. But one thing I will say is, is regardless, North Dakota is one of those teams that has the ability to, you know, bring out the best in their in their opponents. I I was watching a little bit of that game. I didn't see the end when they presented them with the trophy, but I was watching. I can't remember if it was the Friday game or the Saturday game, but they. We're talking to some of the the former alumni who had played years and years ago right. on the team, and one of them referred to North Dakota as the Alabama of, you know, the Alabama football of college hockey. So that's uh, great. Two teams. I'd I, argue that's a bit of a stretch. Two but teams. Okay. Two teams I don't like: Alabama, and North Dakota. So I think Boston, Boston College, Denver might. Speaking have of, and to this say is one it. of the things I want to get to, and I was I was oh, okay. I was busy, I was talking about. Your national can't championship was Wisconsin <laughs> this year, and last season it was BC. Yeah, and so I'm part of me. I'm I'm going to start labeling this the Jason Jinx. We just need you to, to a team. Oh, you that, want me to pick North yes, Dakota next year? I want you to pick North Dakota or Duluth or Denver. I want you to pick somebody in the conference because it's like you know EA Sports their Madden football game. Whenever they you know for years when they would put a player on the cover of the game, that player would get injured. <laughs> Something See, bad would happen to the player. So I want Jason just just keep picking national champions. I gonna... thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say. You know, look at how well BC is doing this year. And maybe I was. I was right. I was just <laughs> off by a year. So next so year, watch Wisconsin's out for Wisconsin. gonna be great. Yep. And so we'll, so we'll see. So we'll I'll see. pick, yeah. maybe I'll pick UNO next year. Yes, please do. Yes, please do. But then please the year do. after. Yes, exactly. Then the year after, we're going to do what a lot of people Watch out for us, 2021, Watch out, we're going to get back to the Frozen Four. <laughs> so yeah, so we have North Dakota coming in, back on topic. Sorry to uh, segue us there to Jason's <laughs> national championship pick. But this, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, I was feeling fairly good about this series. I thought, you know, it's a series we could split at home. Yeah. We had success up there back in January. Why not? But I got to tell you, after that lackluster performance at Miami last weekend. Right. I don't know. It where really to, taints your vision. It, of it does. Thing. It taints my vision completely. I don't know where to go. And there are a lot of stories within the story. Are we motivated going into the series? Are they motivated? Because they've had a terrific season. And this isn't a series they necessarily need to win. But... They want to keep their momentum going for postseason and pairwise and mm-hmm. things like that. I don't know. I hate to count us out, but I got to be honest with you. Got to be honest with you. There's a big part of me here that's. Well, I will say I feel we get swept. Well, I that's what I was going to say too. But I I say that because prior to the Miami series, I would have said that we would have split, and so yep. after seeing our play, I go, I don't. Maybe not. Maybe we can't. 
I don't know where it comes from. Um, I just, I don't want it to happen, but it's the, you know, I try to be a little bit of a realist. You just, you just, the realist in me is. You look at the depth they have on the team and you look at the scores that they have on that team and it starts Mm -hmm. with Jordan Kawaguchi, who's a name that you hear every time you tune into one of those games, you know, 15 goals, 30 assists on the season. I mean, it's phenomenal. And then guys, you know, down the scoring roster like Weston Michaud, Grant Mismash, I mean, Colton Poolman. I mean, they've got they've got a stacked roster. They yep. they were down a little bit the the previous couple seasons, but they're back. And so, hell, dude, I don't know, but I'm with you. I'm I'm thinking we get. Yeah, you also have all the fanfare of Senior Weekend that you know messes with schedules and. It, yeah. You know, we talked about this when when we talked about the parents' yeah. weekend, right? And kind of the jinx around parents' weekend. You know, part of that is because with the family here, you're given a little bit more leeway, and your usual routine is thrown off, and that I think affects the team. And so I think, you know, being down with injuries and not having a whole lot to play for, and playing, you know, arguably one of the better teams in the country. And on top of that, we're going to be hanging out with family instead of in class studying or yeah, I'd, I'd imagine we'll I'd imagine imagine we'll see a fair number of parents here this weekend. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, look at how we performed on North on uh, my Miami Senior Weekend seemed to throw us off. So, yeah. So, so who knows what will happen on our Senior Weekend, right? Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll respond to me, but maybe, maybe, maybe the maybe see maybe, maybe we'll that's what the, they need. Maybe that's what gives them a will to fight. The extra motivation. It's it's our final. I, I, I can't look at that saying that it will, based on the things that we've seen, and so that's why I no. Say I, I think, think we get swept. I think we can. I think we can only hope for to have a performance that like Saint Cloud had, um, in Saint Cloud a, a a week or so ago when they. Uh, very nearly swept North Dakota, and a lot of people weren't expecting that. That would be fantastic, um, but it's going to be awfully difficult. And I'm not impossible, but a challenge. Not it, not impossible, but a challenge. So, yeah, I'm going to say we get swept. You're going to say we get swept. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Well, until then, until. Until next time, you can follow Mad Puck on Facebook, follow Mad Puck on Twitter. You can listen to back episodes of this podcast at MavPuck.com. Let's everybody get out and support the Mavs these week, this weekend. Let's cheer loud. Let's try to get something done against the uh, green and black monsters from Grand Forks. And until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs.